Welcome to Money Making Conversations. It's the show that shares the secrets of success experienced firsthand by marketing and branding expert Rashawn McDonald. I will know. He's given me advice on many occasions, and in case you didn't notice, I'm not broke. You know he'll be interviewing celebrity CEOs, entrepreneurs, and industry decision makers. It's what he likes to do. It's what he likes to share. Now it's time to hear from my man, Rashawn McDonald. Money Making Conversations. Here we go. Welcome to Money Making Conversation. I am your host, Rashawn McDonald. Um, it's a very special guest I have on the show today. Uh, his name is Stephen A. Smith. We'll start right there. Before we get started with my interview with Stephen A. Smith, let's look at his early media snapshot of 2021. As listen, Stephen A. Smith will continue his host his popular ESPN First Take Monday through Friday. Then Stephen A. Smith will also host a weekly Wednesday ESPN NBA show called Sports Center with Stephen A. Smith. It premieres January 6th. Stephen A. Smith also hosts a daily half-hour ESPN Plus talk show, Stephen A.'s World. It premieres on January 11th and airs Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday because the Sports Center with Stephen A. Smith airs on Wednesday. Stephen A. Smith will continue his recurring role as Brick on the popular ABC soap opera, General Hospital. It airs January 12th and 13th. Stephen A. Smith is co-producing an HBCU docuseries on the North Carolina Central University basketball team with State Farm spokesperson and NBA superstar Chris Paul. That premieres January 15th. And Stephen A. Smith, Stephen A. Smith, I'm spelling this man his name, is starting a highly anticipated family-themed animated wrestling movie called Rumble. The release date is May 14th. Yes, he is very busy. Please welcome to Money Making Conversation, Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> What's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Stephen, did I leave anything out? First of all, you know. I, I, I don't even know, man. I'm so busy. I, I can't even answer that question definitively, yay or nay, because uh, things are just happening for me. And, you know, through the grace of God and a lot of good things happening to me for me and you know, my inner circle, my family, my friends, my loved ones, which obviously includes you as well. Uh, things have been going incredibly well. So I'm happy about that. And, you know, we just move along and see how things go moving well, into the future. Well, you know, when, when I listed that schedule, you know, you doing first take. Let's let's look at that first week of January, January mm -hmm. 4th. First take Monday through Friday. Then yeah. Wednesday, January 6th is going to premiere your next show, new show, Sports Center with Stephen A. Smith, which is the NBA centric show. And then that yeah. following week, the premiere of Stephen A's World. Tell us about Stephen A's World. Well, Stephen A's World is a new show that's going to be on ESPN Plus. And as you articulated earlier, the only reason that it's not going to be five days a week is because I have to do the Sports Center with Stephen A. Smith show on ESPN every Wednesday. Not every Wednesday, but most Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. So because of that, it's going to be Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Fridays. And the reason why I'm so incredibly excited about that is number one, um, it's pulling, it's my show. It's pulling me away from the debate format. It's not that I don't enjoy it, uh, but you know, a lot of times you have to depend on others, you know, in terms of being on air, because again, a debate involves not just you, but the person that you're debating and beyond. Mm -hmm. This is my show. This is me. And not only am I the host of the show, but I'm also going to be the executive producer of the show. Mm -hmm. And I have my own production company, which is Mr. SAS Productions, and that's going to be co-producing it as well. Um, and, and as you well know, uh, because you're my right hand man, uh, it's something that is very incredibly important to me in terms of showing my production chops mm -hmm. uh, as it pertains to content and beyond just knowing 
just showing showcasing what I know how to do in terms of knowing how to generate and, and create content that I think that the public would be interested in, in seeing. And the thing about it is that it's not just in the world of sports, it's beyond. Yes, I can create sports content for ESPN Plus or what have you, but there are things that I can do for Walt Disney as well, uh, along with others, because I've got the kind of contract where obviously as an employee of ESPN and Walt Disney, you know, they're going to get first looked at, at anything. Mm -hmm. uh, but in the event that they decide to move in a different direction or what have you, I have the freedom to venture beyond that to mm -hmm. go to other folks to really show that I can create content for different venues and different genres and things of that nature. So I'm incredibly excited about it. Mm -hmm. um, I'm 53 years of age. So, you know, I didn't want to have my career completely contingent and dependent on me being in front of the camera. I wanted to step behind the camera and showcase what I could do in that regard as well. And that's what I'm going to have the opportunity to do here. Okay. A lot of information you gave me, Stephen A., but I still don't know what Stephen A.'s world is. What is Stephen, well, Stephen A.'s world? A. world? Stephen A. World is a half hour talk show. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a half hour talk show is essentially where you're going to still see my takes, opening comment, closing comments. You, but I, I want to bring a bit of levity to the situation. I want to <laughs> show the lighthearted side of me because yeah. my ultimate aspiration is to show that I could host a late night show mm -hmm. uh, similar to what Arsenio Hall did. The great Johnny Carson's, Jay Leno's, David Letterman's, Jimmy Kimmel's, Jimmy Fallon, Stephen Colbert, all of these guys I have tremendous respect and admiration for what they do. Mm -hmm. uh, it's something that I want to do moving ahead in the future um, for the foreseeable future. I don't know how soon that will happen, but I'm confident that I'll be able to showcase what I can do in that regard and that opportunities will be created moving forward into the future in regards to that. So it's going to be a half hour talk show. Uh, I'm going to give you my takes, but you're going to see me bring Stephen A, uh, baby Stephen A into the mix. <laughs> you can see the love doctor when I, you know, I, I stole from Martin Lawrence because that's one of my all time favorite <laughs> comedians. And uh, I, I religiously watched the show Martin every chance I get. I've seen practically every single episode mm -hmm. uh, all the years that he was on. And one of my favorite all time episodes was when he played the love doctor, you know, where he gave relationship <laughs> advice and things of that nature. So things like that, just to have a lot of fun, laughter and bring a bit of levity to the situation is something that I want to do. And, you know, of course, I'm going to be uh, interviews are going to be incorporated into the show as well. But I want people to come on the show to know that I'm bringing them there to celebrate them, celebrate what they want, what they're doing, mm -hmm. celebrate their accomplishments, celebrate the visions that they have for themselves moving into the future and beyond. These are all the kind of things that I'm thinking about. And that's what I'm excited about looking forward to when it comes to my own show, because I think that even though people have seen that side of me, Rashawn, they haven't seen enough of it. And I'm anxious to show it. Why, why has baby Stephen A become a phenomenon? Uh, I give uh, ESPN <laughs> social media folks all the credit in the world because essentially what they've done is they've seen takes that I've, I've given, whether it's on SportsCenter uh -huh. or whether it's on um, First Take. And what they've done is they've superimposed a baby face Stephen A and you know, altered the voice a little bit. And all of a sudden you see this baby version of Stephen A, you know, given the same takes that I gave on first take. So it's their brilliance, their creativity. Uh, I got to give them all the credit in the world. My social media guy, Brendan Kaminsky, uh, he definitely spearheaded that. Mike Foss will be working on my new show along with yourself. Uh, he had a lot to do with that as well. I take no credit in doing that whatsoever. I give them all the credit in the world for their brilliance and their creativity. They deserve a lot of credit for coming up with that because it's absolutely hysterical <laughs> and everybody loves it. I'm laughing because of the fact that, you know, I, 
they've done it on a lot of people's DVD. I mean, that's why I got to bring it. But it just went over the top. It just blew up in social media with you. Was it because first of all, when I when I'm looking at you now, I can see the baby Stephen A, and it really does look like a a smaller version of you, but animated, agitated, agitated, like hyper. Well, so. <laughs> well, they didn't fake the animated part. You know, uh, that was definitely me. They just attached the baby face to it and altered the voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that that animation, that definitely was me. And that's always been me. A lot of times people get upset and it's not even for the things that I say. It's the way that I say it. Right. Uh, but I, I quickly remind them and people who know me well quickly right. remind folks. He's always been that way. That's right. the way he talks. Right, right. You know, sometimes I'm mellow and I'm cool. Oh. I'm doing an interview, certain environments or what have you calls for a more cerebral approach to things. But when you're talking sports, you're excited, you're animated, you're enthused, you're emotionally invested. Right. And so as a result of that, I try to bring that to the airwaves because that's what people expect. And more importantly, that's who I am. I'm not faking who I am by any stretch of the imagination, because I think that the, the, the death knell in this business is to come across is inauthentic. So I do everything that I can to make sure that I'm consistently who I am, right? whatever that may be. And that doesn't mean I'm one dimensional because there's multi dimensions to me. But nevertheless, everything that you see from me is a part or an element of who I am from the time I was born to me being 53 years of age right now. Now, now let's talk about producing because you're an HBCU grad and you and I have been fortunate the last couple of years to be you're the brand ambassador for HBCU week. And Stephen A., you've, you've, you've been part of registering on the spot over 2000 students to attend HBCUs and raised over 11 million dollars in scholarships for students to attend HBCUs. How do you feel about that, man? That's pretty powerful. Well, I'm incredibly proud. Um so, you know, and I'm humbled. Mm-hmm. I'm humbled that I could find a way to have that kind of impact. But to be quite honest with you, Rashawn, I'm also humbled uh, primarily by people like yourself, um, you know, who's the who's the brain, you know, basically you're the brainchild behind all of this. And I think it's important that our audience, you. that your audience knows this. Mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking about being a brand ambassador. I've always been happy to give back mm-hmm. uh, the promise that I made to my late coach, Clarence Big House Gaines from Winston-Salem State, was that I would never forget and that I would always give back because that's all he ever asked of me. He never asked a thing of me other than to never forget my alma mater and always contribute to my alma mater and HBCU's overall Mm -hmm. as much as I possibly could. That's all he ever asked of me in return. Mm -hmm. And I made a vow to him a long time ago that that's exactly what I would do. And Mm -hmm. so for me, living up to my promise to him is a very, very big deal. Um, And obviously I've tried and I've strived to do that. But in terms of HBCU week, I never saw that coming. A guy by the name of Rashawn McDonald rolled (laughs) up on me and said, listen, man, I think you should do this. Here's the plan. This is what kind of impact I think you can have. This is what I need from you in order to do this. And so I think one of the things that is incredibly important for folks on the come up to recognize, and even those who have made it uh, in case they don't learn a lesson, never refrain from giving credit to those who deserve it. If you're confident enough in yourself and what you bring to the table, you don't have to deny the accolades and the adulation that others so richly deserve. And so when it comes to HBCU week, yes, I am the brand ambassador. Yes, my name has been attached to it as a result of that 11.4 million scholarships and 11.4 million in scholarships have been given out. All of that is true. But none of that would have happened if you didn't bring it to me. 
You were the one who brought it to me. You were the one who asked me to do it. You were the one who implored me that this was a good thing. Mm -hmm. And you got to remember, you're also the one that instilled the confidence in me because I was saying me, I would have that kind of impact. You sure? I mean, damn, I work on ESPN. What's the big deal? I mean, are you sure? And you're like, Stephen A, Stephen A, I'm telling you, Stephen A, just listen to me. I'm telling you, trust me on this. And so I listened to you and, um, that it happened from that. So I'm incredibly grateful to you. I'm incredibly grateful to my sister, Carmen, who's an educator, my sister, Linda, who's an educator, who also were behind the scenes, encouraging me to do it. When you've got people like that in your life that have a vision for you that you don't see for yourself, but you trust them enough to listen to them. Um, Just because you did doesn't mean that they don't deserve credit for what you ultimately receive adulation for. And so I just want to thank you. I want to thank my two sisters, Linda and Carmen. Mm -hmm. Um, And I want to thank, uh, obviously, Everybody else, Ashley Cooper and Earl and others who are Mayor Persicki in Delaware, Mm -hmm. uh, Senator Kuhn and others. I just can't thank everybody enough for their involvement in it because it was certainly a collective effort that made this successful, regardless of my face being attached to it. And my man, David Roberts. That's right. And of course, David Roberts, my boss at ESPN, um, who's who's the greatest boss that I've ever had. He's tyrannical about winning. Make no (laughs) mistake about it. That's who he is. He is about winning at all costs. Anything he touches, uh, he's is just ultra, ultra determined for it to be successful. And and he deserves credit and Norby Williamson deserves credit because mm-hmm. if they did not give it, Norby Williamson is an executive VP at ESPN. Dave Roberts is a senior VP at ESPN. If they did not give the OK mm-hmm. for us to do the show mm-hmm. for HBCU week live from Delaware State, it would have never happened. Mm-hmm. And so it's incredibly important to remember people realize sometimes people don't realize that I'm not the boss. Mm-hmm. you know, at ESPN. They are. Right. And when I went and asked them to do first take from that locale, they literally said yes mm-hmm. in two seconds. Yes, they did. Yes, two they seconds. Did. It, I'm, I'm telling you, it wasn't even five seconds. No, it was very amazing. It was automatic. Now, now, there's another HBCU project docuseries that I mentioned in your opening credits yeah. with uh, NBA superstar Chris Paul. Uh, tell us about that. It, it seems like a natural participation being that you played basketball at Winston-Salem State. It is an HBCU school and you went to school in the state of North Carolina. Talk about this. It's premiering uh, on ESPN+. Plus. Well, I'm not at liberty to get into it right now. CP3 and his brother want me to wait until they're with me to to, to really get into it. But Mm -hmm. what I can tell you is that uh, it's a project essentially that's going to highlight a particular school and a couple of athletes from those school. And it's going to highlight a particular basketball program and just basically highlighting some of the challenges, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, that that HBCU programs face. Mm -hmm. Um, I was called by them and ESPN and asked to be an executive producer on this particular project, which I was obviously incredibly honored to do. Mm -hmm. Um, CP3 is somebody that I respect and admire a great deal. Um, I think he does. He's a fabulous basketball player and somebody that I think is a future Hall of Famer Mm -hmm. uh, because he's one of the great quintessential point guards to have ever played the game of basketball. Uh, But what a lot of people don't realize is that as fiery as he is on the court, he's just as, as, as enthusiastic and tenacious about contributing uh, to various communities, various African-American communities throughout this country and certain causes that would help elevate uh, the profile of of African-Americans 
in this nation, particularly as it pertains to HBCUs and beyond. So he deserves an incredible amount of credit and to be a great basketball player that he is combined with being a president of the player, NBA Players mm-hmm. Association, uh, combined with his philanthropy and what have you. Uh, he's just one of the true, true role models. And even though I have to sit up there and cover the sport of the NBA right. and call it like, you know, I will uh, <laughs> and call it like I see it. Uh, it just doesn't take away from the fact that this is a guy um, that I I have incredible, incredible admiration for. Um, and, and I'm I'm honored to be working with him on this project and I'm honored that I was asked to be an executive producer. But let's talk about something you can talk about, though. Your acting, uh, acting, uh, Brick, on yeah. the popular ABC soap opera General Hospital premieres, air episodes premiere January 12th and 13th. Man, you know, sometimes you call me, man, you get so excited going to do your tapings of General Hospital, man. That really, first of all, you grew up watching soap operas. Let's talk about that. That was the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. That was the biggest thing for me. (laughs) You know, I don't consider myself an actor. Right. They say otherwise. They think that I'm pretty damn good. Uh, Frank Valentin, uh, uh, for the executive producer for General Hospital, uh, they brought me on in like 2016 or 17. And they asked me to make an appearance as a character named Brick. I did show up on General Hospital in 2007. It was like a 10 second scene or whatever, and that was all. But this is years later and Frank, uh, the General Hospital asked me to come on and play a surveillance expert named Brick. And obviously I've been watching the soap since I was eight years old. So the star of the show, which is Maurice Bernard, who's become a very dear friend of mine. Um, and he's he plays the character Sonny Corinthos in General Hospital. I'm his surveillance expert. He's mm-hmm. the head of the mob. I'm his surveillance expert. Mm-hmm. And so I did one scene with him and he looked at me and said, whoa, he said, you're a natural. <laughs> then the executive producer came right downstairs in the middle of the scene. And he said, you, you, you've never done this before? I said, no, sir. He said, would you have time to do this in the future? And I said, why? He said, I want to make this a recurring role. We want to create this character for you. <laughs> because they, they liked it that much. And so I immediately jumped at it. I was incredibly, incredibly honored. Um, and ever since then, they've had me on. I went from having three lines to the very next time I appeared, they gave me 40 lines. And ever since then, it's been 30, 40, 50 mm-hmm. lines uh-huh. spanning two or three shows or what have you that I've been doing. And, you know, for me, I always try to tell folks my number one focus is to make sure I don't forget my lines because when you do that, you mess it up for everybody else. Because if they remember their lines with the union workers and the time they spend doing all of this stuff, they've got to do it over and stuff like that. So you got to make sure you're on top of your game. But ultimately, I have a lot of fun. I've grown to really, really love it. And now I am interested in acting more and more because here's the thing that I've grown to appreciate about these wonderful actors that I've run across. First of all, Maurice Bernard, like I told you, for General Hospital, of the guy that plays Victor Newman on Young and the Restless, mm-hmm. Eric Braden. He's one of my dear, dear friends. He met, he and I met years ago. Ever since then, we're inseparable. We talk all the time. We have lunch or dinner every single time I'm in Los Angeles and what have you. And I actually introduced 
used him and Maurice Bernard, the two biggest soap opera stars. They had only <laughs> met one another once mm-hmm. uh, crossing paths. They had never sat down and broke bread. And I actually took the two of them out to dinner years ago so they could meet and break bread. And both of them are my friends. And I can't say enough about them and the kind of advice uh, that they've given me about acting, knowing that I wasn't necessarily trying to be an actor. But if you're going to do it, damn it, try to do it right. And who's better to learn from than two of the best that have ever done it in soap operas. And so, you know, I re- I remember that and the advice, you know, because Denzel's a huge basketball fan, mm-hmm. Denzel Washington. And I ran across him and I run across him a lot at Laker games. And one time we had the pleasure of hanging out one evening and I asked him about the work one time when I interviewed him, he called into my radio show and he said, the final product is for the fans. I'm about the work, the process, the grind, the day in and day out, mm-hmm. meticulous, tedious work that you have to put in to perfect your craft. And the reason why that resonated with me so profoundly, Rashawn, is because that's what I attach to all my work. Everybody right now is celebrating Stephen A's world coming on ESPN Plus, or they're talking about my sports and it was Stephen A. Smith, the NBA show, or they're looking forward to the new year or with first take. All I think about is going day to day and making sure that I do everything that I can to deliver to the audience what their expectations are of me and to exceed those expectations. And I let everyone else judge the final product. Because once that's finished, I got to work the next day. I don't have the luxury of sitting around and celebrating what I've accomplished when I got work to do to make sure that I deliver to the audience what's been promoted. Now, we thought we'd be celebrating this movie in the month of January, but because of COVID-19, they released, we changed the release date to May 14th. And this is an animated movie called Rumble. And you yeah. basically playing yourself, a, a sports analyst, a sports caster at a, at a, at a, at a WWE is one of the producers of this project, along with Pan, Paramount Animation. Now, Stephen right. A., you know, I've seen this. It's... So I'm just telling y'all something about Stephen A. Stephen A. is one of the uh, most talented people I've met in this business. But also, he tends to not understand how talented he is. And that's not an insult because he will give you 100%. And the reason I say that, because just like he was shocked when it came down to General Hospital, said, wow. I always tell him he's funny. He goes, man, I don't believe that. I don't believe that, Rashawn. You keep saying I'm funny. One of the funniest people I've met. Now, Rumble... When I saw the uh, trailer on that, I was blown away. And I said, he said, Rashawn, that, 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 that works for you? I go, man, that's outstanding. And so let's talk about how your character in Rumble grew every time you went into a looping of the movie. Well, it, it's voiceover work. And so what happens is, is that, you know, people usually want you to do what they see you do on television. Right. Mm-hmm. And so my whole point is, you know, one of the things that I learned from the voiceover work is that your cadence, uh, your tenor, all of those different things, just like you do in television, there's a time and a place for everything. There's a time to raise your voice. There's a time to lower it. There's a time to say nothing and just use your facial expressions, mm-hmm. you know, is, there's a time and a place to utilize all of these uh, uh, things that are available to you and are at your disposal. And so the same is applicable to when you're doing voiceover work. They might want you to do X, Y, and Z, but if you have a feel for the character, the more you have a feel for the character, the more you're asking, you, the more you're asking of yourself to deliver in certain different things. You know, you might be called upon to be a bit more animated. 
some instances may call may call you to dial it back. And so you have producers, executive producers and the like. They have an idea what they want. Mm -hmm. But when they call you, you also got to remind them that you're somewhat of the expert. Like, for example, if you were asking me to just be the actor on 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 General Hospital, Mm -hmm. well, you can I can defer to the executive producer all day, every day, because that's what they do. Mm -hmm. But to voiceover work, you asked me to come (laughs) on and to be a sports announcer, a sports broadcaster. Well, that's what I do every day. So when you came to me and asked me to give this line or that line, I'm like, no, that doesn't work here. That may not work here because that's not practical. Mm -hmm. This is what we do. Mm -hmm. And they defer to my level of expertise because I'm the one that does it every day. Mm -hmm. And so you're learning what they want and what they need, but you're also applying your expertise to the equation. So you're giving them a feel for what this role is supposed to be. (laughs) And in in order to do that, you have to garner folks trust. You have to visualize things for them as well. And when you're able to do that with voiceover and then you're able to do that on a soap opera. All of a sudden you go back to your regularly daily job, regular daily job. And you're saying, okay, these are things that you can apply to whatever you're doing every day because they have this vision, but you have this vision as well. And you're the one doing it. Plus you're in tune with your audience, et cetera, et cetera. That's what you're trying to bring to the table. And that's what I've been blessed and fortunate to be able to do. And you're doing a fantastic job. In closing, um, Stephen A. Smith. That has become a pretty famous name, Stephen, especially the Stephen A. part. Where did that start, the Stephen A. Smith part? I got left back um, in a third grade. Mm -hmm. I had a first grade reading level. I had dyslexia and didn't know it until later on in life, believe it or not. Um, But I could not comprehend what I was reading. Mm -hmm. So I got left back in the third grade in June. I went to summer school, July and August. I completed my summer courses. And as a result, I was promoted back to my right grade, the fourth grade by that September. Mm -hmm. I went through the fourth grade and I got left back again. Mm -hmm. This time I was held back the whole year because I still had a first grade reading level. And I was ridiculed because you you can imagine how cruel kids can be. And I was ridiculed excessively, laughed at. Mm-hmm. I was so embarrassed. I didn't come out of my mother's house for a couple of weeks. It was, you know, I saw my dad in the backyard, you know, looking at my mom and saying that, you know, there's not much hope for him. He doesn't have that level of intellect and all of this other stuff. And I remember that. And I just said never again. And I remember my mother refusing to go along with that mode of thinking. Right. He said he just needed to work hard. He just needed to do his work. He just needed to focus, not be distracted, et cetera, et cetera. And she got me a tutor. Plus I had a family friend. Plus I had my sister, Linda, who were all collaborating with my mother to teach me how to read better. And it was all spearheaded by my mother's uh, diligence and her commitment and her love to me. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that, when I entered the journalism field, I decided to enter the journalism field and I had a byline for the first time. I remember Stephen A because I used to hate my name because my mother used to call me Stefan, <laughs> not Stephen. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and she used, especially when she was mad at me over something. Right. And so I hated my name 
at the time because of how it was spelled. It mm-hmm. wasn't spelled with a V. It was spelled with a PH. Mm-hmm. And I hated that. Mm-hmm. And so as a result of it, once I once I got to college and I was an honor roll student um, and I had my byline for the first time, mm-hmm. It was the tribute to her, Stephen A. Smith, because that was me saying, thank you, mommy. I love you. And you were right all along. My name ain't that bad. It's okay. (laughs) And it was a tribute to her. And that's the only reason why I had the A in the middle of my byline, Stephen A. Smith. It was because my name is Stephen Anthony Smith. And she used to say Stephen or Stephen or Stephen Anthony whenever she was upset with me. Mm -hmm. And that's why I didn't like my name so once I finally was succeeding and not only succeeding, but in the field of journalism mm-hmm. and I had a byline, the byline was a tribute to honor her. Awesome, brother. Stephen A., you, you never failed to um, not emotionally uplift me. You're motivational, but important. I'm happy I'm part of this ride, man. Right. This is, you know, this is a half hour went by real fast. And uh, I want to thank you for coming on Money Making Conversation. I'll be seeing you in a couple of weeks. Not even a couple, yeah, a couple of weeks. We're going to get rolling, brother. Well, Well, I want to thank you. Uh, You've been an incredible help. I'm proud to be working with you. I'm proud to have you as my ace. Uh, You know, you're going to be executive producing my show alongside me. You're my number two. Uh, You're my business manager and you're somebody that uh, I trust and and have a profound level of respect and love for. I appreciate everything that you've done for me. You know, I still want you to change that laugh and I'd like you to get rid of that (laughs) damn beard. It's so thick. You know what I'm saying? Shave it up just a little bit. I I don't know. I don't know why you got on a three piece suit with your jacket closed while you're talking to me while I'm on vacation, but that's Rashawn. That's who you are. So, you know, knock yourself out. There's only one you, my brother. I understand it. I get it. And I'm cool with it. I appreciate it, man. We talk soon, Stephen A. Be safe, my brother. Bye, bro. Later. Bye-bye.